Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. As more and more educators begin to embrace technology in the classroom, Rod Smith, CTO of Clayton County Public Schools in Georgia, sits down with us to talk about how he's implementing technology in his school district, and he gives us some of the details on his digital classroom refresh project. How you doing, Rod? Yes, this is Rod Smith from Clayton County Public Schools. I'm the Chief Technology Officer here. Awesome, because that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So before we get into the nitty gritty, Rod, I just want to start broadly. Can you tell us a little bit about how you feel about tech entering the classroom? How have you seen this affect student engagement or the way teachers build relationships with students? Well, from an engagement standpoint, it just gives students the ability to interact with their instructor um, easier. Um, some of the technology that we're using now from a um, student perspective and from a teacher perspective, if a teacher wanted to um, do a quick assessment with their students after she reviewed a topic uh, with those student response systems, she can quickly uh, have the students to respond and look at those responses uh, in a graphical format to determine, to determine whether uh, all her students are getting it, or maybe two or three are missing it, or maybe all, maybe none of them are getting it. And that'll give her some indication on what she needs to focus on uh, or, or redirect, how she needs to redirect her instruction. And that's from the student, that's from a student standpoint, using the student response systems with the interactive flat panel, um, the students can actually see, uh, you know, which, which of those students in the classroom are, 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 are mastering that, that topic or that skill. Because I think that's an important part of life now, right? It's, it's necessary. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, anytime you give students access to the technology, it's going to help them be better digital citizens overall. Um, you know, I, I still will say this, and I've said it a hundred times, that technology is not the silver bullet um, to help kids advance and master um, um, certain skills, but it does give them the ability to interact with their with their teacher and their peers. It gives them the ability to collaborate, and it is preparing them for the world that that, that we live in and that they're going to live in um, even post uh, high school. If they go to college, most colleges and universities now are using some of the same technology um, to deliver instruction to their students. Okay, that, that's really cool to see them work together that way. So as CTO at Clayton County, what are you doing specifically to try and make sure this happens and, and to foster this relationship? Well, one of the things that we're doing is um, we're refreshing some of that older technology that's been around for about five years prior to me coming and uh, replacing those older projectors that were hard to see. You know, a lot of times you had to turn the lights off to, to see what was being displayed. Um, the student response systems that we used weren't necessarily uh, easy to use because you had to install different software. So with the Boxlight solution, all of their uh, devices work under one software umbrella, right? So that if a teacher wants to use uh, the student response systems or the document camera, I mean, it's easy to switch back and forth because it all attaches to the single, to the single platform, to one single software application. Right. So what specifically did you notice in this county that, that needed outside of, you know, just kind of giving it a, a, a refresh on the tech that we're using? What, what did you notice that was in the needs of, of, of these students? 
Well, I think I think it was it was both from the needs of a student and a teacher, but primarily from a student. It just helps it just helps them to be more collaborative. Um, it just helps them to be more collaborative, and and it helps those students to engage more in the instructional process with that teacher. So it, it makes that process easier. Um, you know, um, you know, teachers can get that feedback that I mentioned before uh, right there on the spot. One of the other things we're doing is we're piloting. This doesn't have anything necessarily to do with Boxlight, but one of the things we're doing is we're going to pilot what we call extended learning beyond the classroom, which is to place a device in every student's hand. Um, and this first year, it'll just be a, a few students at a few schools so that we can even extend what we're doing with the digital classroom technology. Oh, okay. That, that's interesting. Can you give me a specific example? Yeah, a specific example was, a, let's say, a teacher. Um, you know, we, we heavily uh, leverage Google Suites in, in the district. And let's say a teacher gave a writing assignment, <clears throat> that student can um, complete that writing, writing assignment. And typically, uh, in the old days, when I was in school, if you did a writing assignment, you had to turn that piece of paper in and that teacher would have to go home and paper by paper by paper grade those papers. This way, a teacher can give a student immediate feedback. She can do it or he can do it anywhere anytime that they wanted to, as long as they had access to the internet, right? So it's that immediate feedback um, that the teachers are able to give those students. <clears throat> so when a student is doing some sort of constructive writing, um, they're not waiting, they're not having to wait long periods of time before they get that feedback, especially if their creative juices are flowing and they want that feedback so they can go back and make those corrections. Yeah, I think that's super exciting, right? Because not only is it you know, giving the inherent opportunities that technology provides, but I think it's also cutting out a lot of obstacles that might have been in the way of some students, right? It's There are less excuses in regards to access if they can take this kind of work with them anywhere. So I think this is super exciting for the future of education because now someone with a physical disability or, or any other kind of disability will have less barriers when trying to pursue an education. You're exactly right. Um... It, it, just, it just makes that whole experience. I mean, we live in a digital age and we've heard uh, other speakers and educators talk about, you know, how these students are digital native. It is. It's how they live. It's how they learn. It's how they play. So it, it, it just goes to reason or stands to reason that we would try to intentionally and, and very intentionally um, try to make sure that those students have access to the technology. With the understanding that the technology is never going to replace good instruction, right? So you could you could place all the technology that you want to in a classroom in front of students and with an edu with the educator, but if you don't have the right teacher in front of those students, um, quality instruction is going to be the key, right? Sometimes we say that technology will either amplify uh, either good or bad instruction. So if you've got a great instructor. He or she's going to amplify that instruction because they're a great instructor. They know their content. But if you have a, a, a less qualified or a instructor, they're just going to amplify and, and make things worse, specifically sometimes for the students because they'll even make it more confusing for the students. The teacher is not aware. So we, we, we're very intentional about how we um, implement um, our digital classroom technology. One of the things that we're doing with Boxlight is as we roll this technology out, we've made a uh, intentional effort to make sure that we can dedicate a person, um, call them a digital learning specialist, to a group of schools so that they work with our teachers on a regular daily basis 
um, to make sure that the teachers are adopting the technology that we're placing so that we can see that interactivity, um, that access and that collaboration increase. So we, I've always been a big believer in that if you're gonna spend several million dollars in technology, I want my adoption rate for that technology to be well above 95%. Never gonna probably get to 100%, that'd be great, but I at least want that adoption rate to be higher than 90, 95%. So, you know, as we talk about adoption rate, what are some of the the biggest barriers to implementing tech in the classroom, both from a, a, an educator side and a student side? Well, the biggest barrier from a, an educator side is just having access to the right professional development and training so that they can adopt it. Um, the other barriers, finding the right solutions um, so that you don't frustrate teachers um, because it doesn't work or it doesn't work seamlessly. So they, they let it go and they go back to their old habits. When the technology is easy to use, um, it, 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 it works string, uh, seamlessly inside of their instructional process, the adoption rate goes way up. The, the back part of that is that you have to have the right support from a technical standpoint, making sure that the, the devices and the equipment is up and running. And then from a professional development or training standpoint, making sure that you have those people in place that can come and support those instructors when they need it, right? So that um, I'm not waiting um, for uh, six months to get trained on some equipment that they install, and now I really have no interest in it because I'm so locked into doing it the way that I've been doing. Right, right, and that and that makes total sense. So, Rod, I'm curious, what would you say to a potential naysayer, someone who's hesitant about inviting technology in the classroom? What do you think is a What's your immediate comeback to someone who thinks this way? I think the biggest argument is is real simple. We live in a world where technology is um, everywhere. There's not going to be a kid who goes to work, whether it's career or college, that's not going to be required to um, um, use technology, uh, whether it's the you know sending an email, um, analyzing data, uh, building a resume even. I mean, there, it's just so... Uh, ingrained into our everyday lives, it, it's a silly argument to say that technology um, shouldn't be used or can't be used to improve um, the overall instructional process. Uh, and again, it's not a silver bullet. The technology in and of itself does nothing um, without a quality instructor. But it's silly for anybody to make the argument that we should not expose um, students to um, that technology. Oh, yeah, of course. Because I think when people think about it, they jump to the extremes, right? But I, I like that you brought up even email and resume, right? There's a, these simple things that, that are, you know, necessary for, for students to really be able to excel in the, in the real world. So I think even at a, at a fundamental level, there's these little things that, you know, you, 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 a student can't, cannot just not know now. They, they can't, they can't, but just think about it dependent. And we, we live in a community and we're, we're, you know, we're making great gains in our community. Um, but, but those something as simple as developing a resume, uh, or sending an email could be a barrier to a kid who may not go to college, but wants to start a career right away, who did not have access to that technology. So I can't, um, even begin to, to look for jobs. I mean, think, think about this 20 years ago. Um, you look for a job primarily in a newspaper or you went to a recruiter, right? Now, if you want to find a job, if you don't have access to the internet, you're not going to find uh, any opportunities 
for a job out there unless, you know, your your whole idea of finding a job is, you know, going to a grocery store and, you know, stopping everybody in a grocery store and ask them, do they know about any openings, which is a silly idea. Um, but you see my point, right? Um, you, so, 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 yes, I'll take it down to that very simple thing that could be a barrier. So I want kids to be exposed to it and we want our students to be exposed to it. The goal is to get them. Um, from the third grade all the way to the 12th grade, getting them a single device in their hands. And then they need to see their teachers um, interacting with technology, specifically with the uh, the Boxlight Mimeo solution, is having uh, the teachers to model, um, you know, when you talk about digital citizenship, to model um, some of that digital citizenship from the, uh, for those students, which, which is also very important in terms of um, um, having – uh, removing barriers um, is is making sure kids are, are are digitally are good digital citizenships. And 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 I I couldn't agree more with you, right? Because I think at the core of education, it's always been about providing students with the right tool set to be on their own someday, right? And and now with with where technology is gone, I mean that's just the tool belt expanding. It, it, you you just have to provide new and and different tools that that students need now. So I I couldn't agree more. So can you tell me a little bit about your uh, digital classroom refresh project? How do, what has that approach been like? Yeah, it, it, so um, we, we have 55,000 students. We have about 65 schools. And uh, we purchased five years prior to me coming. Uh, they rolled out <clears throat> what, what was then uh, the state-of-the-art digital classroom technology, which would have been some sort of interactive whiteboard, uh, some sort of projector, um, several document cameras, several interactive slate or writing devices. And um, once again, all of that was disjointed in that one manufacturer provided the interactive whiteboard, one manufacturer provided the projector, another manufacturer provided the um, uh, uh, student response systems. So our approach was we knew we had to refresh that equipment because it was at the end of life. And I don't know if you know anything about the projectors, but um, the bulbs on those projectors are very pricey. And when they start to uh, fail, it can become very pricey for, for a district to start the uh, maintenance of those. So we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Uh, we developed a, a very comprehensive uh, RFP. We went through a very comprehensive RFP process where we determined what we wanted, and we knew we wanted a solution that uh, because the industry was shifting away from the interactive white panels or whiteboards to these interactive flat panels with multi-touch. We knew at the core of what we wanted in a classroom was going to be that device. In addition to that, we, we knew we also wanted a, a, a software platform that will allow our teachers to manipulate and work in one application, right? So we wrote our RFP around that, okay? And then prior to that, with uh, with the old technology, there was no intentional effort to make sure that those teachers received the professional development and training that they needed to, number one, to sustain, to sustain that momentum after we installed the software, okay? So we also made an intentional effort to in our RFP to specify uh, 10 digital learning specialists to provide those wraparound support and services 
for our end users, which is primarily our teachers in this case, um, to, to uh, see that adoption that I mentioned earlier, stay up or go up and, and to maintain that momentum. So we want that adoption rate to be around 95, 90%. Prior to that, I would say the adoption rate for using the technology that, that, that we're now refreshing um, was probably at best 30%. And, and, and I'm probably beating myself up a little bit or, or being a little bit hard on the district. But uh, when I say the district, the, the prior uh, solution that we had installed, it, it, and we even made some gains with that, but it was just too hard to go back and try to um, fix what was already broke. So we, our, our efforts this time, we think our adoption rate is going to be extremely high. Um, you know, we, we got stakeholder involvement. We uh, interviewed teachers. We had panels um, to come in and look at what the solution, once we selected the solution, we wanted everybody, even the community and the board, to know what we had selected. And we got, um, I wouldn't say buy-in, we, we, we got support from, from those um, other stakeholders. So it's making this process a whole lot easier. And we're starting out with, with the with the understanding that we need our teachers to understand what's in the classroom and how to use it and how to engage students. Right. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people end up making, right? They just try to shoehorn it in without really thinking about its purpose or, or implementation. Yeah. And, 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 and on top of all of that, there was an extremely high focus on instruction, right? Uh, once again, right. we know that the technology in and of itself is not going to make that big of a difference. So, but we also believe that when we have the best technology uh, in the in the uh, Atlanta metro area, it will help us attract those teachers who want to be creative and innovative and collaborative and use this kind of technology to engage their students. So, I mean, there's a plus there as well, right? Um, nobody really wants to go to a school district where they're still using, you know, 20 and 15 year old technology because at the end of the day, you know, I'm a professional too. So I want to, uh, I want to have access to, to, to the best um, so that I can make sure that my skill set is up to par. Right. Well, Rod, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate your insight and thank you for being so candid with us. No problem. I appreciate you guys having me and looking forward to getting this project uh, completed. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.